If you're ready for freedom from the grind, then passive income from real estate investing is the best way to get you there. If you don't know where to start or what to do next, then the Rent Roll Radio Show is the best place to get you there. Join us while we discuss the best practices, strategies, and mindset you'll need and give you actionable content to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, as always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we are joined with Pernay Parikh. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pernay Parikh. Asset Equity, Ascent Equity Group. Pernay, thank you so much for joining us and uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and your story and kind of what you, how you got started in real estate and what you're doing today? Yeah. So uh, I'm a, a, by trade, a medical doctor. I went through med school, did residency, still practice medicine. But however, when I graduated, I knew what I did with my money was very important. You know, I had a decent salary. I paid off my loans and all that stuff, but I had a, a small chunk of money, not a ton after I paid off my loans, but it was important what I did with it and for it to grow, to really live the lifestyle that I wanted. You know, uh, even though I made a high salary as a doctor, I was still trading time for money. You know, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's still, you know, one, one, you know, a one input of time and one input of salary. So uh, I looked around. Um, I didn't want to go into the stock market. I did a little bit in retirement accounts, but I knew I wanted something where I had control and I bought real estate. So I bought my first four unit and very quickly I realized I don't want control, you know? <laughs> yeah. Where are it you, was, by the way? Where are yeah, you located? Yeah. So I'm in Los Angeles. Yeah. So I did residency and practice in med in, uh, in Los Angeles. And I bought my first property in Long Beach. You know, it's one of the few kind of beachfront areas that's affordable. And I was like, okay, this is great. Uh, I had that high after buying my first property. And I was like thinking I'd buy one a year. Right. Um, and then maybe in 10 years, I'd be able to retire because I'd have a big enough portfolio. And if I did that, I, it probably would have been successful, but I realized, especially in Los Angeles, it just took so much time and effort to first find a property, negotiate, look at them, and then run it that I could have invested a ton in something else. And that's when I found passive real estate. And I realized that I could have someone else do a majority of the work, but still get, you know, 97% of the benefits. Sure. Absolutely. So where'd you go from there? Yeah. So uh, somehow, and then I looked for the type of passive uh, investments that I wanted, uh, a company that uh, did all the things I wanted. And I realized there wasn't one like that. Um, so we first created a course that taught doctors how to invest in real estate. You know, not that we're any different. It's just we wanted it to be from a doctor's standpoint because most real estate is taught from, you know, you got a bootstrap or, you know, where you're, time rich, but uh, money poor. Uh, we're the opposite. We're um, not rich, but we have enough resources to put in, but we're very time poor. So this is how to kind of scale up. And after we taught uh, thousands of people how to invest, people came to us and they're like, yeah, you know, we want to invest in you guys. We saw your course. We understand how you think. And so we started really a full service private equity company we call it bespoke because we do everything. We find the deals, we partner with operators, we negotiate for the best terms. And most importantly, this is a piece that's missing for most 
other types of groups that like us, we have a full asset management team. So we can take over the property if need be, but because we're not focusing on the day-to-day, we're really able to maximize profit, really look at the profit and loss, really look at, talk to the property management, look at big picture, how can we maximize the profit and get the best return for our investors? Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, how long you've been doing that and then how much you have, I mean, how many assets you've invested and just yeah, yeah. A run down of your portfolio? Yeah. So we, uh, we've been teaching about passive real estate for whew, seven, eight years. Like I said, we have thousands of people uh, go through our course and we have another company uh, which does marketing. And so a lot of times we would work with syndicators for funds. And through that, we've raised tens of millions of dollars, um, but people have gone directly to them. But our kind of bespoke full service company, uh, Ascent Equity Group, uh, that's been going for about two, two and a half years. Uh, And we've grown we've grown pretty quick. You know, we have $200 million assets under management. Um, and those are ones that we own fully. So we're the only money in the deal other than the skin in the game from the sponsor. And then we have a handful of investments and funds and all that. If you include everything, including the LP, not the GP, including the LP, it's about a billion dollars, but full GP, full, uh, major decision rights, all that good stuff is about 200 million in about 16 months. That's awesome. How many people is in your group? Yeah, we actually just, for, so we were just us three founders for the longest time. Uh, but now we have about six. So we're growing. We have dire- uh, director of investor relations, project manager. We just hired a social media person. Uh, so we, we try to really stay lean. And what I tell a lot of people is that, you know, all of us are doctors and we're able to really keep the process and the business as lean as possible uh, mm-hmm. so that we're really maximizing profit. Yeah. So oh, something interesting about your story. So I, 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 we, we have a similar, you know, we raise capital for apartment syndication projects mm-hmm. as well. So, so a lot of, of you know, obviously not as niche down as you are with the doctor community. And every time I see that type of niche down in that, that t- individual community like that, I see people just flourish, you know? Um, so so congrats for everything you're doing. But what my question about your story is it sounds like you started the education first and then like evolved into the private equity on the back end. Most of the people I see and what I've been tempted, you know, the path I've been tempted to follow is they start with the private equity and they go, well, like, how can I drive traffic to my, my website and my drip campaigns? How can I expose my brand? And often it is through education. So, um, you know, some folks just want to be, gurus and go start an education to get paid. But a lot of folks focus on education to truly educate and, and funnel investors or, or or I've also seen education from a perspective of we want to train people to go out and find deals for us and then they'll come back and partner with us. You know, you see a lot of guys doing that. So what was your what was your model in the early days and what was your motivation behind the early education? Yeah. So, you know, in re- in residency, in medical school, a lot of times the person that you learn the most from is your colleague, someone that's just, you know, they had just taken the class that you're about to take, you know, they're a slight bit ahead of you. And we thought the same thing. So my partner actually started Passive Income MD, uh, which is a brand um, that's focused on education. It was a blog, podcast, we've done conferences. And 
we created a course and we didn't have an ulterior motive, you know, nowhere to funnel people, nothing like that. We just wanted to create something of value that teaches people uh, and we charged for it, right? So it's not the Facebook model, give it away for free and you're the customer, right? Or you're the product. No, we, we made people pay for it and we gave them enough value 10x of that. You know, a lot of times when you do it the other way, which is probably the more common way, people are smart, especially these days. You know, uh, how many times a day do you get your email? Hey, I just want a free call or here's this PDF. It's for free, you know? And when it's just like thinly veiled marketing, right? So we created an audience and everything is just so much easier when you create an audience, right? When you're providing all this value and, you know, we actually didn't even know we were going to start this company in the beginning. People told us, so we already had an existing customer base because they said, Hey, you guys need to create this and we're ready to invest. Awesome. So, um, if you don't mind me asking, I'm just curious, Mm -hmm. how much, how much was your initial course? Yeah, I imagine so, it's a premium product selling it to oh, doctors. De- definitely. So we made well over seven figures on it. It's uh, the funny thing is, you know, people in general always undervalue themselves, undervalue their time, undervalue their experience, right? I have no doubt that any of your audience could start uh, a course, right? Because they they have these skills which they think is secondhand to them, second nature, but mm-hmm. it's amazing and uh interesting to a lot of people so we (laughs) we created our course and then uh you know another little insight we sold our course before we created a thing we didn't spend any time i basically made an outline a landing page you could do that you could pay someone on fiverr like 50 bucks to do it for you and we said hey we're gonna make this is anyone interested if you are, give us 500 bucks. We were actually going to charge 200. Someone told us to triple it. And so we did, uh, 500 bucks. Um, you guys get to, uh, you guys get to beta test it. We sold it. We, we had 10 people. We had every, so all we were already in the black, right? Um, and over time we've increased value. We've got, we've made the course better. We've redone it like three times already. Uh, and uh it's i think it's like 2500 now we do it twice a year so uh it's and it's just it, for doctors no so we've actually so it's marketed toward the doctors because that's our niche um, but we have a ton of dentists pharmacists uh lawyers take it and uh we we have actually a pretty good uh dentist audience as well um but yeah you know we we talk to everyone um and we're you know we try to be very open but really focused um most people are like you know if it's good enough for a doctor it's good enough for us so it's even though we're pretty niche down um it hasn't hurt us we don't think what is you know i I always hear it's so counterintuitive right and and i was talking about this with somebody the other day but like the everyone says niche down and every time you see someone niche down like yourself they're wildly successful but when you're you know when you're coming to to, to coming into marketing, you really want to cast a wide net. And I'm not saying like, that's the right thing to do. I'm just saying that's what your, your gut tells you to do. Like, I want to cast a wide net because I don't want to miss all these people. But, but to your point, you know, Hey, if it's good enough for a doctor, it's good enough for me. I think the niching down makes you an expert in that area, in that arena. And then other folks can certainly see the value attached to that. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, what is the content in your course around? Are you teaching them how to be a good p- 
passive investor and how to vet operators or is it like ABCs of real estate and this is why it's valuable? What, what is the content or the curriculum look like? Yeah. Uh, so we have four weeks um, and probably about five hours of content. That's uh, plus, a, you know, tens of hours of bonus content. But I find that a lot of people, when they think of a premium product, they think of, okay, I got to film 20 to 40 hours. If I saw something for 20 hours, I, I think that's it. a waste of my time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and we're always trying to think of what can we remove? What can we combine? What can we merge? What can we remove? Because we want this to be as high yield as possible. So content wise, four weeks. So first week focuses on definitions right? Because we assume you don't know anything about real estate. Uh, and, you know, our, there, was our cons- there was concern that people wouldn't uh, find value if they knew a little bit of real estate, but that's what the bonus stuff is for. So they can, you know, if they know a little bit about real estate, they can skip all that. And number two for the first week is mindset, right? You have to believe that you're able to learn real estate. And you'd be surprised at how many doctors come to me and say, hey, Pranay, I'm just a doctor. Can I learn real estate? Can I can I do entrepreneurship? Can I start a podcast? Right. But you've been to grueling med school, you know, and, and I think most people, their limiting factors themselves, not just doctors for everyone. And uh, second week uh, is the most important week. Uh, sponsors. How do you find a sponsor? How do you vet them? How do you talk to them? What are the top 10 questions to ask? Uh, and all about the sponsor, right? It's the most important thing. Um, and uh, we have a list of sponsors that people get uh, get on the phone with. We encourage them to get talking to people right away, right? Uh, week two returns metrics money how is the deal structured you can have a great deal but all the money goes to the sponsor and that means you're taking a lot of risk and not getting much of the return so how do you look at returns what's an irr what's an equity multiple what are reasonable fees what is alignment of interests and uh so on uh week three is the market the deal you know we we have that uh or uh, sorry, week four. Uh, we have that at the end because assuming you pick a good sponsor, the market and the deal itself is probably going to be pretty good. We still have, you know, population densities, variety of uh, jobs or employment and that kind of stuff. But for the most part, that is okay. And then we have a handful of bonus sections. We have interviews with sponsors. We have a whole module on self-storage. We have taxes, all that good stuff um, that people want to know. So by the end, you go, you know, we tell people you go from zero to confident in investing in a passive real estate deal. So I know you're not an accountant and I know you're not a tax expert, but you brought it up and it's been a hot button issue with me lately. So I want to get your opinion and your feedback. As an educator, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure you're abreast to the, the situation. So a, a lot of um, a lot of sponsors and marketers that I've seen have, you know, they lean heavy on the tax benefits. They lean heavy on the cost seg and the 100% mm-hmm. bonus depreciation. <laughs> and, you know, as I dig into the topic, the the, the reality is, a good majority of folks can't take advantage of that bonus depreciation. Um, you either a have to be a real estate professional or you B have to have other passive losses in real estate, not like stock losses or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my question is like, kind of what is your education to the doctor community? Is it just a more liberal application 
of the the real estate professional status? Are we taking these? Do I misunderstand where we can take these losses? Why is it being marketed so heavily and so aggressively when like probably 99% of the people hearing the message can't even take advantage of it? So I am very adamant about in telling people that for the most part, your depreciation is not going to be of use to you. We do we do the cost seg and bonus depreciation uh, because people like it. But uh, I'm pretty upfront that if you're a normal doctor working full time, you're not going to be able to use it. There is a short term rental loophole that a lot of people are utilizing, a lot of doctors actually. Uh, to get to be able to use some of that. Uh, what I tell people is your returns are tax deferred, right? Because of depreciation. So that's pretty good. It's money in your pocket. Unlike the stock market, you know, you have dividend stocks, but you're taxed pretty heavily on that. So um, tax deferred and our deals, not all of them, but about half, we actually offer 1031, meaning that we can defer taxes even further. Uh, so 10, 1031 out of, not into. So into means you you have a 1031 exchange of your own property and you're going into a deal. We don't offer that yet. It's a little complicated. But our deal, we could take all our partnership money, all the LLC money and put it into another deal. And as long as it's the same amount, we can defer taxes. Further, and you, so you would you would have to get the agreement of every investor. So we uh, so in our paperwork, it's it's a little complicated. So you have to have agreement, but you could always buy them out. So um, that's that's uh, as long as the dollar amount is the same, they oh, cool. uh, the government doesn't really care how you get to that number. Oh, cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool. So what else? Um, what else is something you would typically share with somebody just getting started? Yeah. So I, I tell them, you know, it's, it's not something that it's going to make you rich overnight. Right. Um, I want people to focus on cash flow, and, you, you know, we have, we give a 10% preferred return, but that doesn't mean you're going to get 10%. So I try to be very realistic with the type of returns that we get. I know a lot of other people will, you know, push the IRR or push the, the, the preferred return. But, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell people that you're probably going to get three to 4% in your first year. And that cash on cash is actually dropping. Uh, sure. And what I tell people is as a doctor, my focus right now, especially given everything in the market is downside protection. If I can get a 5% return when the stock market and everything else is doing negative 30%, I consider that a win. Um, you know, we're predicting usually 16, 17, 18 IRR, but uh, I, I try to kind of temper people's uh, beliefs because I don't want people to get into the deal thinking that we're always going to hit a home run, which we, we have so far, but with interest rates, with all this volatility, I want people to invest knowing that it's it's stable cash flow, it's recession resistant, uh, but it also understand that you know you're not gonna double your money in a year, which actually we have um, the last couple of years, but I don't know if that's gonna keep going on. So I, I want people to have realistic uh, ideas of what's gonna happen, uh, and also that. 
at least as a doctor in the beginning, not having control kind of hurts you. You like being in control in every part of your life, but there's only so much bandwidth you have, right? You can't, you can't be in charge of everything. And once you let go a little bit in multiple parts of your life, it's very freeing. Yeah. So that leads me to a couple other questions that I was going to ask anyway. The first one is, are you going to stay a doctor forever? And, and the related question is, you know, how, how are you managing balancing your busy doctor schedule with all of the stuff you're doing in real estate? And is that, is that a challenge? Is that something that you've, you've been able to develop a good system for, or what does that look like? Yeah. So I actually work nights. So I work the graveyard shift and that's really the only way I'm able to talk so to people. Like, see, When do you sleep? <laughs> yeah. I got, you, you wouldn't be surprised. I get this question every day. So I sleep between 1 to 2 a.m. and about 6 a.m. And then I leave the hospital, I go home, and I sleep from about 7 to 11 or so a.m. So it's kind of diphasic, um, which, you know, you can make an argument that's probably more used to what we used to do back when we lived on the prairie and had to do hunting and stuff. Uh, And uh, I work about... What about REM sleep? I thought I thought the whole idea was that it like it took you a couple hours to get into the, your real REM rest sleep. You know what I mean? And so breaking it up like that, are you ever getting rest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, so you're right. And I've been cutting down. So I'm do I'm at about point eight full time. I'll probably go down to about half or so by the end of the year. Uh, but you know, I like medicine, so it, it's a choice that I keep practicing as much as I, uh, as I do, you know, I also have a podcast that I'm working on and a couple other business ventures, but, um, I like medicine. I got into medicine because I like to work with people. I like to help patients. I like to make sure they're doing well. I like to talk to families. So, um, I'll probably have a foot in the door uh, a little bit. Uh, but the goal is to make it optional, right. To make medicine, my side gig, uh, and, uh, probably get there pretty soon. That's uh, hilarious. You're, uh, what, what, are your, uh, what do your parents think about that? The, the funny thing I see with a lot of real estate entrepreneurs is like, you know, in, in my case and in several other cases is, is like they're, they're intentionally throwing away this dream job that everybody like thinks they should be so happy to have to go, you know, be a real estate entrepreneur. <laughs> and, and I can only imagine how like, you know, that is being a doctor, right? Like, yeah. Uh, well, my, my parents are happy, you know, uh, they were business people. They own an ice cream store. My dad's uh, career is an engineer, which he's retired now. And, uh, but they, they say very importantly to not stop, right. To once you stop something like medicine, cause I listen to podcasts, I read journals, I do a lot of stuff outside of the actual hospital where I work. Mm-hmm. And once you stop, it's really difficult to get started again. You probably could, you could spend, you know, a week or two intensely reading everything, but it's better to kind of just keep a foot in. But what I want for not just myself, for all other doctors is to practice medicine on their own terms. For some people it's full time. You know, I talked to an investor yesterday. She's like, I don't want to cut down. And I don't want to work less. Uh, I like to work the same hours. And, you know, I talked to her, I told her, that sounds great. And we want that for you. But imagine if you could spend more time with each of your patients, right? Instead of 15 minutes and you're rushing them out, you could spend 30 minutes, right? And 
that's because if you don't have to worry about insurance payments or you're getting paid elsewhere, then you don't have to rush people. You can spend the time. They're going to like it. They're probably going to listen to you a lot more. You're going to get a better history. You're going to be able to spend the time to convince them uh, about what's going on and just everyone wins. Right. But yeah, that, that kind of goes back to this. There's like, there's no nobility in poverty, right? Like, yes, yes. there's, there's this, there's this weird kind of dynamic in society today where it's like the rich guys are the bad guys. But like, do you know how many more people you could help if you had additional resources to help everybody? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all about impact, right? And it's you can decide what that looks for you. Um, or maybe you're spending more time with your family. I, I don't think there's a doctor out there that says, yep, I spend adequate time with my family. <laughs> for sure. So what would you do different if you could start your whole real estate journey over again? So, and I've thought about this in my life. I've made a lot of mistakes, a lot of them. You know, for example, the first deal that we got into, it, we it was minimum was twenty five thousand, and we just got. We probably spend more, and it's only a, it was only a three million dollar deal. We probably spend more time with that group of investors, talking to them, even though it's the smallest part of our portfolio. But I wouldn't say that we. I wouldn't want to do it because that's what helped us grow. You know, and those mistakes uh, are what helped us grow and kind of spurred us to change. Uh, I think I would have. What I would have done is reached out to people like yourself, uh, people like I know you had Brandon Turner, uh, which is a friend of ours, uh, and we talk to uh, Tyler all the time. How can we connect? And how do we? help each other. And I think there's so many people, you know, you and I do, you know, people could look at us as competitors, but I don't see us that way. You know, I see, I think the pie is plenty big. There's plenty of good deals, plenty of investors out there that we can think about how do we bring as much value to each other and to our investors. And I, I think I would have reached out earlier Mm -hmm. uh, to try to create my network of people in the same same kind of niche or same kind of industry that I am and see how we could help each other. Yeah. I think that was Brandon's answer to that question too, was that he would have like really embraced the whole networking thing more so than he, he already has obviously, but, but you know, it it really does take an abundance mindset and it, it, it carries you so much further. You know, I know I'm real, I'm like real fond of this, of this notion that like there's some people that I knew when I started investing in real estate that were at a certain level. And when they negotiate with somebody else, they, they think what makes them a good business person is being a shrewd negotiator. And they try to get every penny out of the deal to the point where nobody wants to work with them anymore. And then when they have resources, they hide them because they're, they have this limited mindset about, oh, well, you know, if Bill has a good lender, well, he's going to steal my deal. You know what I mean? If I just, if I hoard all these resources, then I limit competition and they just, they, they never leveled up because they, they, they never, they, they didn't uh, like, they didn't embrace that abundance mindset where it's like help as many people as you possibly can. And it always comes back tenfold. You know, I, I said that when I started my, um, when I started my, my meetup here in town, 
you know, I got, I, I, I'm in the single family business as well mm-hmm. as the, the large multifamily business. So I flip a bunch of houses, I have a bunch of single family rentals and I get them all from wholesalers. And so some of those other folks with the limited mindset would have said, you know, oh no, you can't meet my wholesaler. The wholesaler is going to send the deal out. And if you know about it, then, then you're my competition. I invited I, every month I invite every single wholesaler I know into a room with every single cash buyer, every single one of my friends that wants to be a cash buyer. And I bring them all together and say, trade numbers. And, 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 and so, you know, in theory, what I'm doing is I'm just basically giving all of my resources to all my competition. And since then I, my, my business has 10 X, like it's just come back tenfold because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help everybody that I come in contact with and, and just out of reciprocity, they always want to, you know, um, include me first. So that's, um, that's very, I say, say all the time, the, the network is the biggest part of this business for sure. We actually have uh, two students, a husband and wife uh, of ours that started their own syndication company. You know, I just met them, just found out about it. And it was awesome. You know, I'm super happy. I was like, once you guys grow, let me know. I'll give you guys the resources uh, that we use to take it to the next level. They raised a couple million. And I was like, yeah, if you want to get to five to 10, let me know. I'm happy to give you all, or maybe we can partner on a deal together. And, you know, I'm, I'm ecstatic for them that they they were able to build that from our course because our course is really the basics. It tells you most of everything you need to know about syndications, but it doesn't give you the framework to be a syndicator yourself. So, you know, they figured out a lot of that on their own, which is awesome. I'm super happy for them and they're, they're doctors as well. So I think there's, there's a lot of room in the world to do what we do. You know, I mean, it's, it's real estate. It's not, it's not serious, you know? Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we always looking for people to partner with, to collaborate, or, you know, if there's a deal that's not good for us, or, uh, maybe, you know, we've done this in the past, someone sent us two deals, uh, and we, picked one of them and they were like, Hey, could you help us market this second one? We're like, yeah, sure. You know, even though it was, it, it hurt, it might've hurt our raise a little bit. We're like, yeah, whatever. You know, like we want to help them because they sent us one of the deals. So. Awesome. Awesome. I love hearing it real quick. Out of the sake of time, I want to hop to our radio round. It's just three quick questions to help our yeah. listeners get to understand you a little bit better. So the first one is what's your favorite book? Yeah. So my favorite book is probably the one thing uh, by Gary I think Keller. it's Gary Keller. Gary Keller, Jay, yeah, Jay yeah. Papazan, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest, like I haven't, I haven't read the whole thing. I probably read, <laughs> I don't know, a third or fifty pages. But just getting hit over the head about focusing on one thing, you're like, yeah, this is okay. By the hundredth time, you're like, okay, let me try this, you know. Yeah. And it's it's successful, right? We just suck at multitasking from moving from thing to thing. Absolutely. I love that book. What's your favorite quote? Um, you know, this one's hard. Um, uh, I read this recently about uh, Steve Jobs, and he, uh, I'm going to butcher the quote, but sure. uh, it's all about uh, focusing, right? And it's about, it's not really what you say yes to, it's about what you say no to, and that more the most important thing is saying no to good things right yeah. anyone could say to no to a room, bad thing to make yeah. room for great things yeah, yeah. and and apple <laughs> apple really exemplified that whole concept right like yeah. when, when jobs came back 
you know, after he was kicked out of Apple, went to Pixar and he came back, the first thing he did was he's like, he like eliminated 80% of the product portfolio. He goes, all right, we're going to stop doing most stuff. And we're just going to focus on doing these, you know, handful of items and doing them really, really well. Um, And, and there is another quote around like um, some excellence is, is about saying no to good things to focus on great things. I forget who said it or how exactly it goes, but, but that's very true. And it's so true in real estate when we get the, the shiny red ball syndrome, you know, Ooh, I want a short-term rental. Ooh, I want to invest in, uh, you know, uh, self storage facilities. Ooh, I want a mobile home park. Ooh, you know what I mean? And they're all great things, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, but they distract you from your core competencies. And, yeah, and um, yeah, exactly. And that's what we, you know, a lot of people are begging us to do other stuff, but we're like, no, we do value add, class B, multifamily, and low tax to no tax states. And that's what we've been doing for years. Uh, potentially, when we really have it refined and refined and refined, we'll try something else. But so far, we just stick to one thing and we've been pretty do- doing pretty well at it. Awesome. What's your favorite thing to do outside of work? I think fitness. Um, you know, one, one of the hacks that my wife and I found is instead of going out to eat, a lot of times we'll go out hiking. We did a lot of spin um, before we, <laughs> we had children. But, uh, you know, it was... Uh, it's two for one. We get to spend time, quality time with my wife. We eat healthier because we're working out and we work out together. So that's something that we really enjoy and we hope to pick up again uh, once our kids are a little older. How old are the kids? So um, my uh, we're trying for his next one. So kid, I guess you'd say. Uh, and he is about to turn 16 months. Oh, man. So I have a three-year-old and an 18-month-old, and my wife and I used to work out together all the time, and we haven't in four years, and yeah. I don't feel like we'll be able to for another four. So I definitely understand you. We are in the thick of it, but um, yeah. That's, yeah. that is great. So where can our listeners learn more about you, find out about your company, your education program, and invest with you passively? Yeah, so we're going to make a special uh, landing page for your guests, Rent Roll dot ascent equity group.com i'm sure it'll be linked uh and we'll have some resources you can get on a phone call with me uh we have a pretty cool cheat sheet for if you're trying to find your own sponsor if you remember i I said that's the most important thing to look for when you're doing passive investing uh and then uh there's also uh, a video on there um for uh just how to look at deals um so uh It'll be rentroll uh, dot ascent equity group.com. And uh, you can also email me directly, uh, Pranay, P R A N A Y, at ascent equity group.com. Awesome. Well, Pranay, thank you so much for joining us. We'll put uh, we'll put all of that in the show notes. And um, I'm so glad we had a chance to connect and look forward to keeping up with you on your journey. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. This episode was brought to you by Crestworth Capital. If you're a busy professional and ready to make passive income from real estate investing, then go to CrestworthCapital.com where you'll be able to download a free copy of our ebook to help you get started today. Until next week, happy investing.